Der Fußball ist zurück in der zweiten Liga. Rechte Neckfahne mit dem linken Fuß. Bringt den Ball auf den zweiten Pfosten. Tische! Tor! 1 zu 0 für den VfL Bochum. Da draußen ist der Ball frei. Und jetzt ist er drin. Jetzt ist er drin. Und die Spotzen macht das Tor. Und er ist drin. Buchmann, Buchmann, Buchmann macht das zweite Tor. Da ist das Tor. Der zählt das 2 zu 2. Drist ist wieder da. Größer ist da. Für Rausch, der setzt an zur Flanke, da kommt der Ball, Tor, 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 We welcome you to another edition of the Svarta Bundesliga podcast, your home for all things second division German football. I'm your host, Matthew Karagic. It's a pleasure to have your company for the next hour or so. Plenty to discuss, plenty to get through, and plenty to look forward to. To help me... Delve into this wonderful world of Svarta Bundesliga football is the one and only Eva. Eva, how are you doing today? I'm excellent, of course, looking back to the weekend. <laughs> Aren't we all? It's a rarity that both of us are celebrating victories, but who can complain? Uh, <laughs> but this is, of course, a Svarta Bundesliga channel, so enough about Schalke. Um, <laughs> we begin with the review of Match Day 6, which starts in Hamburg at the Milan Tour. They ho- St. Pauli hosted Hamburg, and unlike the last time when the two sides met, it was St. Pauli who took their first win against Hamburg in eight years. Dimitrios Diamantakos opening the scoring after he was able to rebound Marvin Knoll's effort off the post, and then the unfortunate Rick van Drongelen putting the ball into his own net. It was really a game to which St. Pauli played a near-perfect performance. Their, their um ability to nullify Hamburg's ball movement early on in the game and then they were able to be resilient defensively. Uh, Robin Himmelman made a couple of really good saves. Um, Eva, a surprising result, no question about it, but for St. Pauli and our man, Jos the Boss, um, (laughs) one that was definitely needed and one that could build momentum going forward. Yeah, first of all, of course, it was a really, really good team performance by St. Pauli. I think um, I was a bit surprised because I talked to to a St. Pauli fan before and it was like, yeah, um, we're going to lose for sure, looking back at how we played. But on the other hand, I wouldn't, uh, I, I would be careful putting too much emphasis on that win because if you look back, to last season after Hamburg won the derby there was nothing really going on for them afterwards so of course this is this just brings three points for St Pauli not more it's a good way to to go into the week but they they should be careful not to celebrate that too much because of course it's a derby win but um there are many difficult matches ahead for them um but yeah, really good, really good performances. Um, Hasfeld didn't really seem to be on top of things Monday night. Um, some lack of really continuity, really concentration was missing from time to time. And uh, Zampardi really used that very well. It's, um, I think some Hamburg fans said it was almost a... Uh... A two, a last season kind of performance, they just lapsed into this slow, laborious type. Not a lot of tempo. They gave up. Uh, you know, again, plenty of chances from set pieces or, and balls coming out from wide areas. They they deserve to lose. They did have a couple of goals chalked off for offside. Um, 
and then I think one was chalked off for the ball being out of play, although the angle was um, pretty questionable based on the uh, the camera angle that Sky were using. Um, so they, they might feel a little bit unlucky they, that they couldn't convert some of the good chances they had, but um, first loss of the season for them, and it means that they are not top heading into match day seven. We're off to Hanover for our next game. They hosted Armenia Bielefeld. Um, this game, the scoreboard doesn't really tell the whole story. A very much a one-sided affair. 2-0 win for Bielefeld. Fabian Close uh, on 32 minutes. Who else but Fabian Close? And then Andreas Vogelsammer scoring from the spot. The uh, the day was compounded even worse for Hanover when Volodymyr Anton received his second yellow card and was sent off. The pressure beginning to build on Mirko Slompka, but we'll get, a, we'll get to Hanover in a moment. We'll talk about Bielefeld Eva. Uh, the 6,000 travelling supporters to the HDI Arena had one hell of a day. Yeah, it was uh, at the end of the game, I had goosebumps and tears in my eyes because if you look down at the players they were standing there especially people like Klaus or Nilsson or even newcomer Perez who played like he never wore a different jersey before um they they were looking up to us and they were quite amazed and I think this different to other seasons they gave us something back and uh, that was a really really it's the team and the fans are growing even closer together if that's possible. Um, and I think really, really deserved when there was some missed chances in the end as well, looking back at Hartel or in the beginning at Suku, that still don't know how you can miss that, but okay. Um, I, I have to say in the first 20 minutes, I thought it could go either way because when you look, for example, at the chance by Anton, it was a very close one. But I think in the end, Hanover was just, yeah, not really, they were not clever enough. They were good enough to get some balls throughout midfield. But if they if they were entering the Bielefeld box, they seemed to be lost of ideas. Yeah, and it just was such an ordinary performance at home. We've They've only picked up two points in their three games at home. Um, but they looked second rate throughout the game, especially going forward. Just the the inability to create good chances seemed to um, be the main theme for them. But you can't take anything away from the Bielefeld performance. They were fantastic. Um, they looked like a team that is strengthening a case for a top three. And we know it's early on in the season, but they are doing very much everything right. Our last Group 1 game from Match Day 6 was in Auer. They hosted Osnabrück, and it was the Battle of the Purple Teams, and it was Auer who took the 1-0 win. Uh, it's the first win for Dirk Schuster. The goal coming from Tom Baumgart, a goal which was initially not given uh, for offside, but was overturned with the use of VAR and correctly done so. So that's one for the doubt, the, the doubters right there. So happy days for the VAR. Um it was a pretty strange game, I guess, in terms of Osnabrück really reverting to their home sort of form. They had plenty and plenty of possession even, but they just didn't do enough with it. Yeah, I think you could see it, and especially in the first half, I was really, really, really straight going forward from the first minute on. 
And um, I think if Testroad had a chance, uh, Hochschild as well, very good passes and crosses throughout. It was a bit uh, difficult to get your things together from minute first because, of course, naturally they're both purple. Osnabrück in yellow. I don't know what teams have with yellow. It just looks disgusting. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> have to say that from us as well. Um, no, but ours seemed to be pretty stable, even if Osnabrück was coming forward, which was not that often. And yeah, they were, as you said correctly, used VAR once in a lifetime. Um, so of course, they um, just really, really good. It was a very close decision. But yeah, I was, I'm sure they would have scored afterwards as well because they were the pretty much dominant team. It's a strange one because we don't associate attacking football and Dirk Schuster in the same sentence. But it was one thing that, that definitely stood out is even though they had less possession, they were able to create the better chances. And, and you're right, Testroy should have scored um, his chance. He headed it into the ground and then over the crossbar. But maybe it's positive signs for Owl. We'll wait and see. Um, they have an interesting... They've got a tough game coming up and we'll talk about that later on. We'll take a quick break. We'll head to our Group 2 games. We start in Karlsruhe when they hosted Sandhausen. The Wild Park Stadion is the host of the first game of our Group 2 offerings. It was Karlsruhe and Sandhausen. Um, yeah, not a whole lot to talk about this game. It was not pretty to watch. Um... But it was a much-needed win for Karlsruhe. They won this one, one goal to nil. Uh, Manuel Stiefler on 57 minutes, getting the one and only goal, breaking, of course, the three-game losing streak for Karlsruhe and for Sauenhausen. It's their first defeat since match day two. We'll keep this one short and sweet because there are a lot of better better games on the match day. Um, vital one for Karlsruhe, who... You know, despite starting the season really well with two wins and two, uh, they proceeded to lose their next three. So a much-needed win after the international break. Yeah, I think, um, as is that, was not a pretty game. If pointing out something or someone, it would be probably the goalkeepers on both sides. I think they were the most solid ones. And I think especially the Cats goalkeeper was really, really good. Um, Jasenhausen was really poor going forward. I think the only really big chance was, was by Gislason in the first half. Segna was really disappointed by them. So, yeah, Karlsruhe was, was really, really solid and they deserved winner. Yeah, they were. They did enough um, when required. They did get lucky with a goal. It was pretty scrappy sort of uh, uh, 1990s type goal. But they all count the same and one of importance for them as they get uh, back to winning ways. To Heidenheim, uh, they hosted Holstein Kiel in a game that really wasn't much of a contest. Uh, three goals to nil for Frank Schmidt's side, one that they desperately needed. Uh, Robert Leipertz opening the scoring in early fashion on three minutes, and then Tim Kleinitzt scoring twice on 29 and 55th minutes. A performance of domination, but it didn't come without consequence. Uh, Andre Schubert becomes the third manager in six match days to have been given the axe. Uh, Kiel citing that they wanted to go in a different direction. It almost seems like deja vu with teams not staying long-term with Andre Schubert uh, as they look to find who their new coach is. But onto the game, Eva, because we'll talk about Kiel in their preview. Um, 
Good performance from them. The new acquisitions who have settled in, Klein Eats coming back, of course, um, and Konstantin Kirschbaumer, both having impacts in this game um, and a very good result for them nonetheless. Yeah, I think so too. I think um, as well as very, very bad deep performance by Keelan every way. Um, Heidenheim used that very well. Not only we had that in the past that they only managed to get one or two goals out of it, but I think especially Kleindienst and, as you said, Kirschbaumer, very good co-production. And, yeah, they were really, yeah, up their game this time. And really, and I think they even could score two or three goals more because, um, yeah, Kiel was really, really disappointing in their uh, display. I think if you look at uh, the defense, especially at the looking at the Kleindienst goals. Um, there are like six people standing in the box and nobody's really attacking anyone. So yeah, that is something to worry about and whoever will be the new coach has to improve that very, very fast. Yeah, uh, and it will be interesting to see who the, the new head coach is. We haven't heard any news. It seems like they might go with uh, the what was the current under-23 coach in Oli Werner. Um, he has been the caretaker before. He came in prior to the Marcus Anfang era. So maybe there's something in the tea leaves there. Um, our last Group 2 game uh, goes to in the Regensburg. They hosted Stuttgart. This game had five goals in it. And it was a Stuttgart win. Uh, not convincing by any stretch of the imagination, Stuttgart, and they did make things a bit harder than it needed to be. After Nicholas Gonzalez opened the scoring on 24 minutes, a clumsy penalty conceded by Stuttgart when they failed Jan George. Uh, Maxi Bershikov equalising on 71 minutes, but five minutes later, Holger Badstuber scored his second goal of the season to give them a 2-1 lead. Hamidi Agadouin is return to the Continental Arena, scoring in stoppage time, but that wasn't the end of the scoring as new signing Federico Palacios got his first Regensburg goal the first time of asking. A brave performance either by Jan Regensburg, but an all-too-familiar side, I guess, with teams of the quality of the likes of Stuttgart is that their quality was just enough to give them all three points. Yeah, but I have to say in the end for me that the result doesn't really reflect the game because I do think that Stuttgart was the more dominant team. Of course, Regensburg fought their way back from time to time, but not in a very dangerous way. I think um, looking at the goals in the last minute shows that Stuttgart just yeah, wasn't really was was already fine with their win. Didn't really want to do something else. Um, and yeah, Regensburg, not again, not the same side they were uh, last year. Once again, they conceded three goals, which is not not really good. Uh, looking back to the Bielefeld game as well, so they really have to to be a bit more stable in the back. And yeah, for Holger Badstuber, I think he has uh, three goals in the Bundesliga, and after over 200 games or so, and after five games, he has two goals in the Zweite Bundesliga, so which one is the better league now? Um, yeah, but uh, I think Stuttgart did what has or failed to do, be yeah, doing what they needed to do, as you said, not too much, but it, it was enough in the end. Yeah, 
they did exactly what they needed to do. But I guess uh, from a Regensburg perspective, it was a lot better than the last time when the two sides met way back in the 70s and 80s era. We'll take a quick break. And on the other side of that, we will go to our final three matches of match day six. And we start that at the Ruhrstadion when Bochum took on Dynamo Dresden. Yes, and the game that alluded to is the Bochum Dresden game, a game that very much lit up in the second half, and it, an all too familiar sight for Bochum, giving up leads, and then having to claw their way back and rescue a point. That is what they did in this two-all draw. Alexander Yeremayev opened the scoring minute just after halftime, and then Musakone uh, made it two. One, he was very happy with his own work. Danny Blum scored his first goal from open play this season for Bochum in the league. And then captain Toto Lucia scoring from the head with five minutes from time to rescue a point for Bochum. And it could have been so much more. They had a couple of chances before full time and they could have snatched all three. One thing that really stood out from this game, Eva, was Dresden's efficiency. Two goals from eight shots uh, compared to Bochum, who were rather wasteful. And... An interesting game um, for, for for Thomas Rice's first home game in charge. Uh, how did you see this one? Well, I think you could see that there were some difference in the Bochum team. I think, uh, especially first half, you could really see they were really trying. I think there were plenty, as we said, plenty of chances not to. Looking at Ganvula, I think, as so and um, many others. I think there were some box action going on. Uh, but as you said, yeah, starting the second half with getting a goal, getting one back, uh, or like Dresden scoring at the beginning of the first half really threw them back, and they needed a lot of time fighting their way back. But I think re- really good uh, assist by Ganvula before Bloom scored. So I think for the Bochum team, it's really important to see that there are other players who are able to score in case Ganvula is missing a game or so, or if he is not able to score. So that was really important as well for Lucia as the captain to yeah, settle that game. I think that's just for yeah the thoughts in your head. It's really important. Yeah, it was ideal. Um to have him score is one of the more likable characters, of course, um, in the Bochum dressing room. Yeah, that's why he wears the captain armband. And one that um, you know, gave many pleasure to, to those who were there. But again, the frustration being that they've had to come from behind to get a result. To the next one. Darmstadt hosted Nürnberg. Whew, who would have thought this game had six goals in it? But it did. Uh, this one ended three goals apiece. Braces for Serdar Dursan and Robin Hack. Ironically, they on both times that were there were goals for them. Robin Hack scored three minutes after Serdar Dursan put the ball in the back of the net. Michael Fry scored the goal of the game. Uh, an excellently chested down ball headed with the volley, leaving Florian Stritz a little bit bemused and bemazed. Oh my god, my English is terrible. But we're going to roll with the punches anyway. Dario Dumic also scored um, in what was a really, really good game of football. Plenty of offensive chances from two relatively defensive sides. Uh, All square, but 
Yeah, I'm not sure who's would be happy with this one. Maybe Darmstadt would be happy with the points, not so much Nuremberg. How did you see this one, Eva? Well, um, I think Nuremberg's biggest problem is that they that the offense always has to yeah redo or like undo more or less what the defense has done because with Robin Hack you probably have one of the best youngsters in in Germany in your team at the moment he was really good in the under 21 side I think he scored a hat trick uh, this was the first time he scored in the in the for Nuremberg actually but there will be a point when Nuremberg can't or we saw it already against Sandhausen for example when the offense can't undo it anymore and um, yeah, both uh, defensive sides were really, really, yeah, lacking any kind of order. I think if you if you look at the goals, it's really okay. I'm I'm getting that. I don't, and um, yeah, not not really good. Um, I think what was important for Nuremberg to be the one who equalizes in the end and not the other way around because we had that as well. Um, and yeah, but still, that's way too less from them. They can just hope that Robin Hack will continue his good form. Yeah, he is one of the uh, more promising talents coming um, from Hoffenheim, of course. Um, really promising young player, and one that hopefully Nuremberg will develop and nurture well. It a good. I think it's a you know it was a fair result in the in the state of the play. It was. A, a real end-to-end kind of game and plenty of opportunities, but uh, I think the result was very much fair. Our last game of match day six uh, was in Furt. They hosted Vehen Wiesbaden, and the wait for another for a win for Rudiger Riem uh, goes on to the to this weekend. They were beaten two goals to one. Manuel Schaeffler continues his good scoring record in the Schweizer Bundesliga since being given the chance. Um, but again, they couldn't hold on. Two goals in the last 10 minutes. Daniel Cato Ruel, and then a really clumsy penalty given away. Saw Julian Green tuck it away nicely to see Furt remain in the top six. It is actually surprisingly, Eva, the, the equal least amount of goals that Wiesbaden have conceded in a single game this season. So that doesn't leave you with much optimism. But for Furt, another good result for them. Um... And uh, one of importance as they head into a big game this weekend. Yeah, as, yeah, I have to agree with you. Although they were really, really poor in the first half, I thought that Wiesbaden, if they would have used their chances a bit better in the first half, they could actually have won this because that penalty was very, very stupid. I don't even know if I would have given it. For me, that would have been too less to, especially if you look at the time, to really give that game deciding penalty. But okay, I'm not, I'm not a referee. Um, yeah, I think especially Shefla had plenty of chances to actually turn this game around or, or decide it on Wiesbaden's sake. But yeah, Rüdiger Rehm is still waiting for his first win with them more in general in the Bundes- Bundesliga. 
really tough times. They can't really do anything with saying, okay, we played well, but once again, they gave up the points. So really, really doesn't really look good for them. No, it does not. And it already seems like a sinking ship, but many things can change. It is again, a marathon, not a sprint. And we'll look at their game moments from now We'll take our main intermission break. And on the other side, it is match day seven. And we start with maybe the top spieler for some, maybe not for others. Stuttgart will host Greuterfurt. The Mercedes-Benz Arena is the host... For the opening game of our Match Day 7 preview, Stuttgart host Greuter Furt. This game is on Saturday at 1pm local time. They've met on 23 previous occasions. And it's not 23 previous occasions. It seems that my statistics have gone wah-wah and they are unbelievably <laughs> incorrect. Uh, um, they've played on 14 <laughs> occasions. Six wins apiece and two draws. Uh, the last time the two sides met, Grotefer actually won one goal to nil back in the 2016-17 at Zweiter Bundesliga season. Now that we've got rid of the statistics that were at times incorrect, let's get on with that. Um, Grotefer's last win in Stuttgart came into the 2012-13 Bundesliga season, and Merger Mavra is the only player from the, the those either squad that could actually feature in this game. Uh, Eva. Stuttgart, of course, top. Furtz, surprising in fourth. Uh, this should be a game that Stuttgart should win, shouldn't it? Yeah, I would agree. Because uh, although Stuttgart is not doing plenty to win, they do some things. And for me, Furt has always one good half and the second half is relatively poor and I think that could really hurt them against Stuttgart. I don't say it will be a clear win like a 3-0 or so but I'm pretty sure that Stuttgart will take all three points here. I think they will too. Um, it's the final third is still the issue. I know they can, they scored three goals on, on the weekend against Jan Regensburg but they still haven't figured it out. They have a lot of injuries, the likes of Mario Gomez who um, is out, and yeah, look, I think they should start Nicolas Gonzalez, I know he's been scoring, you know, again, he was really good uh, when he's, when he's played with regularity, he's found the back of the net, so he's been their go-to guy, Um, he's someone that will probably give the defence a bit of trouble, and I think it should be uh, a 2-0 win for the hosts. Our second game is in Hamburg, they are host Erzgeberger Hour. This is the Sunday kickoff at 1.30pm. They've only met on three previous occasions. Uh, two wins for Hamburg and the one draw. The last time the two sides met, it was that one all draw. Uh, in different form coming in, Hour coming off the win, Hamburg the defeat in the derby. So there is plenty to play for for Hamburg. Um Will they be able to garner a response or will they revert to the form of last year, I ask you? Well, um, I think some uh, Hamburg fans fear that it will all go down like last year, probably now. Um, But it's a really tough game to decide. I think Hamburg, especially at home, wants to show a reaction. 
hour is coming from that win um, can be a tough game uh, for both sides, actually. I do tend to go with a draw. Interesting. I'm back in Hamburg to get back on the wagon um, after a very ordinary first half in that game against St. Pauli. Uh, I feel that our are going to be very much defensive, look to play on the counter. Uh, that's... That's probably the way they'll they'll look to set up. Wouldn't be surprised if Dirk Schuster goes for five at the back, um, but I think Hamburg they will make the necessary adjustments. I expect Aaron Hunt to start, uh, and the likes of Kittel and Yatta to be on the wings. Um, but they certainly need some goals out of Lucas Hintzer in particular. He's had plenty of good opportunities to do so, um, but he has failed to convert on most of those. Our last Group One game is at the Max Morlock Stadion in Nuremberg as they host Karlsruhe. Uh, they've met on 62 previous occasions. Nuremberg have won 24 of those, 21 of those. Karlsruhe, 17 draws. They last played in the 2016-17 Svarta Bundesliga season. Nuremberg winners two goals to one. Uh, the last time that Karlsruhe won in Nuremberg was back in the 07-08 Bundesliga season, and that result ended two goals to nil. Uh, statistically... Eva, it's been a while since uh, Karlsruhe have won in Nuremberg. Do you think that will change this weekend? Actually, I do not think so. I don't know why, but for me, this game seems to be a win for Nuremberg. I think uh, Robin Hart could really make the difference here. Karlsruhe is still, although they came from that one win, they had three different defeats before and I have the feeling that match day seven could be the match day of Nuremberg no, I don't know but um, I'm backing Nuremberg here actually I'm backing a draw I just don't think I just can't separate them I know Karlsruhe went through a patch where they were quite ordinary but um, they might they may try and make this game very slow tempo and cause some sort of Disruption to the Nuremberg play. Um, so I think I, it'll be tough. We know that um, we've got two really good goalkeepers in Christian Matenia and uh, Benjamin uh, Upoff uh, for Karlsruhe, who's been really good for the um, for the promoted side. Um, so yeah, I, I, I favouring a draw, um, but certainly a game of interest in the Saturday realm. We'll take a quick break. On the other side, we will get our Group 2 games underway at the Stadion. And the Bremer Brooker as Osnabrück hosts St. Pauli. Osnabrück kicks us off in our Group 2 games. They host St. Pauli in the Sunday kickoff. They've met on 54 previous occasions with Osnabrück winning 20 of those. 17 draws, 17 wins for St. Pauli. They haven't met... 10 years, and that result ended 2-0. St. Pauli were the last winner of this fixture coming in the 07-08 season. That result finished 2-1, but they haven't won at the Bremer Brooker since 91-92. It's very much like Darmstadt. It is a ground that they have trouble picking up points. Will it be the case again, or will they march on after their derby triumph? Really tough to decide. Um... It's a home game for Osnabrück as well. Uh, again, sorry. And 
we have seen in the past how good, how dominant they are at home. So it's a really tough game for Zhang Pauli. As I said before, that's, it's a derby win, of course, but still it only gives you three points and you have to continue the good work afterwards. Otherwise, it doesn't give you anything. And I have the fear that Zhang Pauli will fall back to before HSV game um, because, it, first of all, it's away and then it's at Osnabrück, as we know, a side that's really, really good at home and where many opponents already struggled. Uh, so for me, it's really hard to look past Osnabrück win. Yeah, I'm going to back Osnabrück as well. And I know that it was a fantastic performance from St. Pauli, um, but Osnabrück at home, they are a different animal and it seems that teams that have travelled there, the exclusion of Heidenheim who got the win in the first match day um, it's been really tricky Darmstadt not even in the contest in that one um, and I think Daniel Tune has done a really good job early on in the season um, with an Osnabrück side we were a bit iffy on in terms of how they might go but yeah I, I think they've got they've, they've got the Bremer Brooker into a fortress and it's going to be one of those places that many opponents will struggle to pick points up at our next game is in Dresden. They host Jan Regensburg. Again, another one of the Sunday kickoff games that they've met on 14 previous occasions. Fixture Dresden have enjoyed plenty of wins and they've got eight of the 14. The last time the two sides played, it was a nil-all draw. And only on three occasions have Dresden failed to win. Um, you have to go all the way back to the 20. 20- 2009-2010 Dritterliga season for the last time Jan Regensburg won this fixture. So based on the evidence of history and all the eye tests that we have seen for these two sides, who do you think will get the result in this one? Uh, difficult. Um, yeah, well, I think as we said, Regensburg were good fighters against Stuttgart. Uh, Dresden were Probably very disappointed, only taking a point from Bochum. Yeah, um, this just cre- screams draw for me um, because I do not really can decide which one would be the worst or the better team. Um, defensively, they both have to be more stable, approve a bit. They do have offenses who can score especially Dresden so if I have to pick a winner it would be Dresden but I really tend to go with the draw. Yeah I'm gonna back Dinamo in this one. It's amazing you look at Jan Regensburg they've scored 12 goals this season um, and that's the best amongst teams in the bottom half of the table but then you remember they scored five of those goals against Wiesbaden um, so that maybe diminishes the return just a little bit Um you know, both sides have been oh, not particularly great defensively. Nine goals conceded for Regensburg, 11 for Dinamo. Um, so so there's a good chance we will see some goals in this game, uh, contrary to the last result, which ended nil-nil. Um, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what Christian File goes for. I have this feeling this might be the time that they unleash the two up top with uh, Musakone and Alexander Yeremayev. I think it's time. Um 
And we'll see if it, if it comes with a result of goals because, you know, they've got the talent uh, to, to score plenty of goals. It's just that sometimes the inability uh, to finish off the easy chances that have let them down so far. Off to Heidenheim uh, is the next destination as they host Darmstadt on Saturday. They've also met on 14 occasions. Five wins for Heidenheim, three wins for Darmstadt, six draws. Uh, the last time the Suicides met, it was a 2-1 win away for Heidenheim. But when you look back at the last time they played in Heidenheim, it was a 1-0 win for Darmstadt. Darmstadt still looking for that second win, whereas Heidenheim looked to continue their off their fantastic performance from last week. Um, Eva, this game is relatively tricky to predict. Uh, do you see a winner in this one, or do you reckon it will finish all square? Well, I would actually go with Heidenheim because looking at Darmstadt before the um, Nuremberg game, they only scored three times, um, which now they double. But um, they're really, really poor using their chances. And that's what we always say. Heidenheim is really good at it. They can have three chances and they score at least twice. So they don't need a lot of shots on goal to actually get their points and I think this might be what can yeah what will bring them the win yeah I'm gonna back Heidenheim as well one that's will continue to build their their case as they as they look to move forward Uh, it is a must win for Darmstadt it can't be understated a team that many of us had as as a builder going forward after their strong end to the season uh, but it hasn't particularly gone their way they've they've been pretty ordinary defensively and uh, they haven't been able to get consistent offense I know they scored three goals last week um, against the Nuremberg side at home but this is a vital game for them and and one that could I know it's early could determine where they are heading into the, the later months <clears throat> Vital for them, but I think Heidenheim will take the points. We'll take our final break, and on the other side, we'll look at the games in our Group 3 section, and then review review and answer your topic questions. To open our Group 3 games, we start in Wiesbaden, when they take on Armenia Bielefeld, they've met on six previous occasions and three of those have ended all square, just like the previous meeting back in the 2014-15 Dritzliga season. Wiesbaden are searching for two things, their first win and their first clean sheet, whilst Bielefeld look to strengthen their credentials as promotion candidates. A game which has plenty of intrigue and one player that Wiesbaden will be trying to stop is Fabian Close as he looks to become the leader in the scorer's charts in this particular fixture between these two sides. Eva, an important game for obviously Wiesbaden to get off the mark with their first win, but also for Armenia because this uh, poses as a game that um, in any other season they might lose. Yeah. (laughs) Um, For me, this game is really, really tricky. Of course, on paper, Armenia is the clear winner. But I know my team... And um, if you look at the statistics, I think since 10 games we're unbeaten, we have the best offense in the league, but 
there's still a bit of Ostwestfalisch in in this team and uh, Ostwestfalisch, Ostwestfalisch. I can't speak German anymore as well. That's going great. Still going strong here. Um, and I do have the feeling this will not be an easy game as some people would predict because we saw, again, Fjord really struggled against uh, Wiesbaden in some ways as well. And it wouldn't be the first time we would be the build-up opponents, especially looking at Rudi Garim, who was really, really unsuccessful. He uh, continues that in Wiesbaden as well. But yeah. We will see how that will go. I'm not predicting anything because I don't want to and I don't want to jinx it. Well, I'm going to back Armenia Bielefeld. Um, and it wouldn't be of any surprise if they managed to score two or more goals. They have given up 18 goals in six games. That's three a game. Uh, so that tells you all the issues that are going on in Wiesbaden. They can't defend. And they, as much as they were improved against Greutherford, they still gave up two goals, which is the least they've given up in a single game in all competitions this season. So with that in mind, close to score, Bielefeld to win, on to the next one. To which we go to the Holstein Stadion in Kiel, when where they host Hanover. Uh, talk about two teams under the cosh. Who would have thought at the start of the season that this game would be 15th versus 16th? So plenty on the cards. They've met 15 times. Eight wins for Hanover, four wins for Kiel, three draws. The last time these two sides played was back in the 1980-81 Schweizer Bundesliga Nord season. Hanover won that game two goals to nil. So 38, 38 years in the making in this fixture. Uh, Oli Werner is going to be the head coach, as, as mentioned prior. Um, he was the under-23 head coach. This is his second caretaker stint. Mirko Slomka himself is on the hot seat. There is talk that maybe his job is not safe either. I give him two weeks if he can't turn it around. Uh, Eva, so this is a big game for both sides who are desperate to make it two wins in the season. Uh, do we see a result in this one, or do you reckon it will end all square? Well, um, really difficult to decide. I think Kiel will need some time to get things together, even if they know uh, Olivera a bit from the 16th, 16th, 17th season, as you said. But um, yeah, not a game where anyone will stand out with a good performance, I'd say. As you said, Mirko Slomka is sitting on a very heated chair. Um, he he actually said after the beat of a game, we don't have anyone like Fabian Klose in our team, which is not really nice looking at the strikers he does have in this team. Uh, not really a good build-up, I'd say. And yeah, Kiel was really horrible against Heidenheim. But with the new coach, they might get some new energy. Um, yeah, but for Nova and Naslonka, they have no really good way going forward, so I go with a draw. Yeah, I can't separate them, although history would tell me that I should be backing Hanover. Um, the response from either side is quite interesting. You look at these two sides, and um, we obviously expect a little bit more. Maybe we're being a bit too... Um, Harsh on Kiel that the uh, Andre Schubert era, surprisingly, was very short. Um, 
So they need to... I think in, in their search for a head coach, they need to find someone who understands the DNA of the club and the way they want to be, the way they want to play. Andre Schubert wasn't the right fit. It seemed like we spoke about it early in the season that it wasn't going to be the right fit, and it ended accordingly. So, overall, it'll be interesting to see who is the next coach, unless they stick with Oli Werner, which would be an interesting choice. Um, but, yeah, I think this game ends all square. And, yeah, it's not going to be a result that that really helps either side. Our last game of Match Day 7 is in Sandhausen. They host Bochum. Uh, this game is on Saturday. Another big game for Valfell as they look to overturn what has been a very difficult start. The last time they were in Sandhausen, they were soundly beaten three goals to nil. Um, but they do have some, some hope. They are one of three sides in the bottom half of the table to have scored 10 or more goals. So they have no issue scoring goals. Defending has been partly the problem. Can they get their first win under Thomas Rice? Or will Sandhausen return to winning ways? Well, once again, not very easy to say. I did like part of their performance against Dresden. So, of course, speaking of Bochum. Um, but there are still the same mistakes they already made under Dud or did make um, last season as well. Uh, as you said, they have one of the best attacking teams in the in the bottom nine but that's why or mainly because they always have to run against not losing so always they always have to find their way back into the game and they really have to look up to not really conceding very early in the game you saw against um, Dresden that really was their downfall at the beginning of the second half. Um, if they manage to really be awake from the first minute on, I think they might get their first win, but it will certainly will not be easy, especially Zandhausen coming off um, their defeat as well. I think they won't quickly want to change that to not lose contact to the bottom five. Yeah, I, I've had a hard time Picking a result in this one, so I think it'll end all square. We've seen Sandhausen have certainly improved over the past few um, weeks. Of course, the the blip was last week where they were pretty ordinary, but that game in general was not worth um, the watch in general. It was very ordinary football. Um, so they will certainly make it a challenge. It seems like we, we could see plenty of goals, uh, knowing how poor Bochum have been defensively. They've given up 14 goals, second worst in the league, only to Wiesbaden. So <clears throat> it could go either way. I am i can't really predict a winner, but hopefully it'll be an entertaining game nonetheless. Now to our topic questions, where we, of course, take the time to respond to the hot topics that uh, need to be discussed. We have three on the offering today. And we'll start with Dennis at Dennis ZZZ Sport. Of course, Dennis is one of the more vocal English-speaking Jan Regensburg fans. Oh, he's German, but he speaks very good English. Um, he, of course, helping to bridge the, the connection with, of course, the Scottish city of Aberdeen. He says, chaotic Svartan Bundesliga season. But looking at this picture, at least I'm glad those times are over. He's referring to when Jan Regensburg were beaten 8-0 to Stuttgart when Ottmar Hitzfeld scored six times. Now the question is, do you think Ham 
Haasfeld will slip up uh, and refer to what they were doing last season. Will they overcome it? Um, Either, I guess I'll I'll start with you um, for this one and then I'll uh, I'll come with with a response. Uh, Do you think that Hamburg will refer to last season uh, and the slip will begin or do you think they'll overcome that? Well, uh, for me, it's way too early to answer that question. We just have six match days passed. As of course, a lot of ha- things happening there, but it's tough to answer it now. I think um, as we look back to last season, it's always even if you look on to the last months or so, it's really, really hard to predict anything. But um, I think the first three prediction concerning who will go up will probably in the winter break. Because then you can see how the teams performed after really going through half a season. Uh, because now it's all some, there's still new players integra- being integrated in the teams. And for me, it's really hard to decide. I think they look better, I said it before, but um, there's still some things missing. But they, as you can see, they're probably one of the best teams in the Total Liga still. Yeah, it is early days. Um, I think uh, maybe a good indication to see will be how they respond from their, their first loss of the season. You look prior to, to match day six, they've taken 13 of the, uh, the opening 15 points on offer. So they're by no stretch in a bad position just how they begin the game against Alwa, if they start flat like they did against um, St. Pauli, then maybe there is a wider issue, but we'll wait and see on that one. I think um, I think Hecking is, unlike Hannes Wolf, is mu- much more commanding in the dressing room, and I don't think he will allow those kinds of uh, patterns to re-emerge. Second question is from Steel Penguin, at Steel Penguin 3. It says, hello everybody. Knock on wood, but I hope Haasfeld loss to St. Pauli doesn't have the same effect as as the loss to Jan last season. Anyway, my question is, do you think other teams will try to replicate what St. Pauli did against Hamburg? Now, this was a game I, did, I analyzed for Football Bloody Hell, which will be out uh, sometime today, hopefully. Of course, we're recording this on the, the Wednesday afternoon Australian time, morning in Europe. Um... Depends on the it'll depend on the team. Uh, St. Pauli had a had a a diet of long balls and and especially in the second half they looked to counter as Hamburg were pressing forward and 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 bringing the weight of numbers and hoping to to at least get a goal back. But teams have tried this already um, and they've failed to 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 make it an impression against them. Um, Hamburg. You look at Hanover in particular. The only team that besides St. Pauli who've done that and done it well was Darmstadt on match day one, um, and they were unlucky. But what I would say is teams like Stuttgart, in particular, um, Armenia might be another team, uh, won't allow Hamburg to be that side that just forces them to, to constantly play long balls to the, to the number nine. So it's really dependent on the DNA of the, of the team they're playing. Um, but overall what you we should expect is that Hamburg will have plenty of possession it's just what they do with it um Eva what do you think well I would fully agree with you I think it's not that easy to just replicate what other teams do I think you can pick one or two topics or way of playing out to try to 
yeah, integrated in a way of playing, but on the other hand, it would be very unwise to just change your complete system if it has worked so far. Um, it might bring more danger to your own team than it will bring to to Hasfal. Um, I think it there there's still some, especially in defending, where Hasfal has to yeah look that they stop that um, because although that was an own goal, a very unlucky own goal by uh, Rick van Drongelen. It's because nobody really did anything to defend that ball. And, um, yeah, that's something you can look at. But, yeah, every team has their own DNA, as you could say. And it's not that easy to just put some new info into it to try to change it. Correct. And and as you mentioned, set pieces, uh, worst in the league last season and... and They've been very fortunate not to concede more goals from set pieces this season, but you know it seems like a build-up. They give up plenty of chances from set pieces early, and then eventually they do concede. Our last question is from Ben J at BenJack94. Who, out of Greutherford, Sandhausen, and Erzgebirge Auer, do you think could maintain a top-six finish? Uh, Eva? Well, uh, once again, very, very hard to predict anything. Um, I have to say, I do not think they will stay up. Um, not in the way they do now. I do think, especially our, will not be struggling as much as they did last year, but I don't think that they will achieve anything above ninth, maybe. Uh, they did have some good games but I think especially if you look at the Hasfal game ahead that could really shape the way of going forward and yeah Fjord we spoke about it before I think uh, look back at last season they were really good in the beginning and then they completely lost it so you always have to be very careful I think the really first prediction or review you can give us after like 10 or 12 games because then there were a lot of changes in the team as well. Um, but now, for now, I can't really say more than I do not think that those three teams will continue the way they do, but I'm happy to be surprised. Yeah, I tend to agree. I'd be surprised if either three managed to remain in the top six. But for the sake of... Not sitting on the fence because, yep, no reason. Um, I'll go with Sandhausen. It seems probably the least likely of the three sides. Um, on pure principle, they were the team that I had highest amongst the three. They were finishing 10th in my eyes at the start of the season. But I like the mix they've got. They've got some really good players. Their transfer window business was quite good. Um, you know, they've been in, in most of the games they've played in. Um, they have definitely competed and caused their opponents plenty of harm. Uh, whereas Ferts have, you know, dropped in and out of games. Our quite the same. Um, so I'll, I'll back the team uh, from the south and south end at Sandhausen. And uh, I think if if there was to be one of the three, I'll pick them. That's all the time we have for. We thank you for your company. We hope you look forward to all the action on Match Day 7. From Eva and myself, Matthew, we thank you again. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.